Welcome to the Overcoming Adversity podcast presented by BYU Speeches, featuring BYU devotionals that help listeners tackle the storms of life and become more resilient. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. Thank you, President Lee. I appreciate that introduction, given so you'll know who I am. Recently, I went to the welfare cannery with my ward to do pairs, and I sat by and visited with a nice woman from some other stake. And after about 20 minutes of conversation, she looked at me and said, you remind me so much of Elaine Jack. (laughs) She said, has anybody ever told you that before? (laughs) I said, actually, more people tell me I look like my sister. And then I confessed I was Elaine Jack. I'm glad to be here. Every time I visit this campus, I marvel at the enormous force for good you represent. You are the leaders who will shape the world for years to come. You are indeed being prepared for a most hazardous journey. I assure you that Elisha's counsel to his young comrades as they faced what appeared to be overwhelming odds holds true today. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. It's your journey ahead that I would like to address the journey that will require careful planning and execution, wise use of your resources, and constant reliance on and dedication to eternal principles. Nearly 150 years ago, a small band of settlers organized under George and Jacob Donner set out to a journey to a better life. At first, their trek was typical of the scenes that had been played out time and again as pioneers made their ways west to the rich lands of opportunity. But this was a misguided effort, flawed by mistakes and misjudgments. Indeed, the Donner Party was one of the most tragic dramas in the history of America. The party included an assemblage of folks from Illinois, Missouri, Tennessee, Iowa, and Ohio. Of the 90 men, women, and children who began the trek, 42 died. And those who lived struggled the rest of their lives with the effects of exposure, starvation, and wrenching memories. Their journey left an account for history that will never be forgotten. The Donner Party made their way to Fort Bridger, Wyoming with little fanfare, but then they succumbed to the lure of a quicker but unproven route to California, charted by a man named Lansford W. Hastings. Instead of the much-traveled course around the rugged Sierra Mountains and then down to the California coast, the Donner Party chose to go south through the Wasatch Mountains, down Echo Canyon, across the Salt Flats, on the south side of Great Salt Lake, and over the deserts of northern Nevada. They intended to clear the mountain passes near the present site of Reno, Nevada, before the snows fell. Such was the outline for the journey, but they never made it. They got within one day of the last mountain pass before meeting with final disaster. What happened? In May 1847, shortly after her rescue from the snowbound encampment near what is now Donner Lake, 12-year-old survivor Virginia Reed wrote to her cousin in Illinois this message. Never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can. We can learn much from Virginia and the historical accounts of the ill-fated journey. Many of the settlers, not able to part with their material luxuries of home, brought in excessive possessions that slowed the process of the entire company. Factions splintered the group into camps of us and them. Before the party reached the Sierras, 
one of the members had killed another. The single worst factor was taking an unproven shortcut. When Virginia said, don't take no shortcuts, she knew what she was talking about. The Hastings cutoff was supposed to save as much as 300 miles, but the path led into a blind canyon. What reportedly would take a week took 30 days. Things just got worse. The stretch across the salt flats was almost twice the distance indicated, not 40, but 70 miles. They had too few provisions, too little water for themselves and their animals. Finally, reaching the towering Sierra Nevada range, they rested. They squandered their last week of good weather, gathering strength for the final days. Had they not stopped, they would have been only a footstep in the history of the developing West. But it snowed. The party was one day short of clearing the pass when early storms in late October buried them in snow depths of more than 20 feet. They built crude shelters of logs, rocks, and hides. They ate twigs, mice, their animals that did not run away, and their own shoes. Finally, some of them resorted to eating the dead. Four rescue parties worked their way in from the west that winter and spring to save those, those who were miraculously still alive. Today, I want you to look at your journey. There are several lessons to be learned from the Donner Party that have nothing to do with wagon trains and everything to do with exaltation. For you, the stakes are higher than a home in the untamed West. Your destination is eternal glory. Lesson one, never take no shortcuts. The Donner Party took a shortcut, an unproven one at that. A famous musician familiar with the rigor of working to get someplace has said, there are no shortcuts to any place worth going. She was right. To be marooned in the middle of the mountains was not the destination of the Donners. Our journey is clearly defined, the path well marked, the pitfalls noted. But the Lord is wise. He knows he must prove us. For he says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. We're not only here to learn, we are here to test that learning. That phase of this earthly journey was outlined from the beginning, for the scriptures tell us Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He learned, like you're learning in this great institution dedicated to bringing forth righteous leaders. For the Donner Party, there was a proven trail. It was longer, but it was sure. Gambling on their own abilities and personal ambitions, they took a road that had never been tested. The result is history. In Matthew, the Lord says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. As you follow the path of the Savior, keeping your covenants and His commandments, you will be assaulted from all sides with offers to take other roads, other travel packages. Anything the adversary can do to pull you off course, he will do. He'll stop at nothing to catch your attention. And then, ever so slyly, he will lead you away from the work of the Lord. This is the dispensation of the fullness of times. We've been given the fullness of the gospel. To entice us from the path, Satan suggests a salad bar of sin. A little here, a little there, till the plate is piled high and the price is paid. 
knowing of his style and cunning, we must press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. There are some who are not satisfied with the peace that comes from the Lord. Seeking to find gratification in places other than in holy settings, they hang out, usually on a limb, and play into the hands of Satan and his evil designs. Stand ye in holy places, we are told, for the road back from sin is a long one. Some break what they view as lesser commandments, hoping that these will only be minor deductions in the final exam. They don't keep the Sabbath day holy. They invite temptation. They seek release from the pressures of school with drugs or alcohol. They don't fulfill their callings. They lie, just a little. They cheat, just when they need to. And they miss church meetings, only when they're tired. Never take no cutoffs means to enter in at the straight gate, my brothers and sisters, and to stay on the straight and narrow path. Such devotion to the Lord's cause is difficult. But know that just as the Donner Party set off with the best of intentions, you too can be led into blind canyons and forced to cross treacherous desert sands when you have strayed. In this audience are some of the best the Lord has on this earth. You are here at BYU as part of your prescribed journey. President Benson has counseled, intelligence or light and truth becomes a vital force in our eternal journey. This gathering of saints is a sampling of the strength of the Lord's force for righteousness in the last days. Does that give you pause? As a group, you're capable of mighty works, but each of you must go forth on the journey as did Moroni, whose heart did swell with thanksgiving to his God for the many privileges and blessings which he bestowed on his people, who did labor exceedingly for the welfare and safety of his people, who was firm in the faith of Christ. With such devotion, there are no sidesteps, no missteps. My dear young friends, there are no shortcuts to eternity. Lesson two, travel light. One of the families in the Donner Party was unable to leave behind their cherished personal belongings. They had a specially built wagon twice the size of a typical Conestoga to carry their treasures across the wilderness. But the wagon was slow, cumbersome, difficult to maneuver. Ultimately, it was abandoned on the salt flats as water and rations became far more valuable than tables and chairs. Reflect on the council of the Savior to the young man who asked, Good Master, what things shall I do that I may have eternal life? The Savior listed all the basic commandments, and then we read, The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Are we live, willing to leave behind the world to become like God? Worldly comforts may temporarily minimize the impact of our struggles here on earth. They may give us a comfort and a sense of importance, even a measure of success. But such reliance on material possessions deprives us of reliance upon our Heavenly Father and His saving grace. Our spiritual growth comes from seeing the Lord's hands in our lives. 
there is a little there is little comparison between a worldly check register and our account in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lesson three, contention, strife, anger, and derision thwart our progress. Relationships with one another are sacred trusts. That's why we call each other brother and sister. We are indeed the closest of companions on this journey. Respect, honor, love, and humility are the basics for living with the Father. To practice and refine these traits here, these traits here, is to be in touch with the eternities today. Reading the Book of Mormon puts clearly in front of us the debilitating nature of contention. The prophet Jacob mourned the dissension rampant among the people. At the end of his life, he wrote, I conclude this record by saying that the time passed away with us, and also our lives passed away like as it were unto us a dream, we being a lonesome and a solemn people, wanderers cast out of Jerusalem, born in tribulation, in a wilderness, and hated of our brethren, which caused wars and contentions, wherefore we did mourn out our days. Then we read of a happier people who had just been visited by the Savior, wrote the prophet Nephi, and it came to pass that there was no contention in the land because of the love of God which did dwell in the hearts of the people. And there were no envyings, nor strifes, nor tumults, nor whoredoms, nor lyings, nor murders, nor any manner of lasciviousness. And surely there could not be a happier people among all the people who had been created by the hand of God. Anger and friction delayed and divided the Donner Party on their journey. Such discord led, in part, to their temporal tragedy. Satan loves dissension in any form. He encourages harsh feelings, angry words, ruthless judgments, scorn, pride, and the cruelest of actions. Our greatest teacher and example on this point is Jesus Christ. To those unbelievers, those who wished him harm, those who plotted his capture and even his death, Jesus Christ showed mercy and compassion charity and love, it never wavered. No unkind words passed his lips. His behavior was always becoming of the King of Kings. What did the Lord say from the cross to those who jeered at him, spit upon him, and called his, him names? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. May we too forgive and love and honor each other on this journey. Lesson four. Hurry along as fast as you can. The Donner Party showed us the risks of taking our time. To rush infers that we have much to do. Indeed, all of us have no time to lose or even time to take it easy. I love the old Chinese saying, men who sit with legs crossed and mouth open waiting for roast duck to fly in have long hunger. <laughs> we can't sit, we can't wait. The donners waited, and the snows came, and their journey was a tragedy. Recently, the administration here at BYU instituted a new policy to help students hurry along in their college training. This is not to deprive or limited education, but it in instead, it encourages you to focus on this season of your life. The new approach is designed to keep students from loading up on unneeded courses. It encourages planning early and increases the odds that a student will graduate. This is pretty good advice applied to any task at any time. Such direction would have aided the donors. 
it will reap benefits for you. There's more to hurrying along than simply speeding up the system. We have to pace ourselves to get where we want to go. In the book of Joshua, we are told firmly, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. When we look to the scripture, we usually hear choose and serve. But notice it says this day, not tomorrow or the next day or when you finish your finals. It says now, right now. The Lord has told us, I come quickly, and he is a man of his word. We must be prepared. This is not idle counsel. We read in Helaman, Behold, your days of probation are past. Ye have procrastinated the day of your salvation until it is everlastingly too late. We cannot procrastinate our days of serving the Lord in his kingdom or our daily reading of the scriptures until our class loads are lighter. Believe me, you're busy now, and it will never get better or easier. The load is always there, for the Lord is training you to lift and carry more and more. To sidestep such service is to miss opportunities in the kingdom that may never come again. Lesson five, sometimes we need to be rescued. Some of the members of the Donner Party were saved only because of the timely rescue efforts of others, people who set aside their work and their personal safety to find those who were lost. Some of us in this room need rescuing, and maybe some who aren't here need to need, do too. And some of us are the rescuers. We aren't being asked to strap on snowshoes and scale the west slope of the Sierras in the middle of winter. We're being asked to save souls, one person at a time. Remember, this is a spiritual journey, and this is the greatest work in the eyes of God. I have a good friend who told me of a personal rescue that she holds close to her heart. She was a, co she was a college student like you, but she attended that red and white institution to the north. Some of you might think that that would be the source of her problems. <laughs> it was near the end of her senior year, and things were not falling together as she had hoped. She'd applied to graduate school, but she wasn't sure about taking that next step in her education. She was very involved with student affairs and recognized that these experiences that she loved were coming to an end. She was dating the missionary for whom she'd waited for two years, but she was also dating his best friend and had been for most <laughs> She'd been dating him most of the time the missionary was gone, so you get the picture. At that moment, her journey was a nightmare. It was a Friday afternoon, and she was particularly downhearted. She hadn't heard from any graduate schools. She was juggling dates for the weekend with both men. She, she had papers to write and projects to finish. Her little 10-year-old brother was the only one home, and he was begging her to play a game with him. She couldn't stand to deal with life, so she left. She walked out the front door and up the street, and then she turned and began to walk toward the freeway. As she walked, she heard a crunch on the gravel behind her and turning, she saw her little brother. He looked at her face streaked with tears and asked, where are you going? She replied in a voice most dramatic, I don't know. For a minute he looked at her, not sure what to do, and then he said, do you want to go to Skaggs? <laughs> he was a rescuer that day. A little 10-year-old chasing a lost-looking sister around the corner and up the street. 
He knew something was wrong. He didn't know what, and yet he was the only one there. He made her laugh, and they went to Skaggs. She'll never forget that day he saved her. He more than made her day. How long has it been since you've made someone's day? Or made a very bad day just a little bit better? Sometimes climbing up on that white horse feels good for the rider as well as for the one in distress. The last lesson, journeys are packed with troubles. The Donner Party had big troubles that crippled their course. All of us have obstacles and difficulties in our lives. But let me contrast the difference in the approach of the Donner Party with that of a band of Mormon pioneers crossing the Atlantic. William Clayton sailed from England to America in 1840 with a host of new converts. You know that name, for he's the one that later wrote the classic hymn, Come, Come Ye Saints. The words are a testimony of his understanding of adversity, adversity as part of the eternal plan. After arriving in Nauvoo, Clayton wrote home to his fellow saints in England and said, We have sometimes almost suffocated with heat, sometimes almost froze with cold. We have had to sleep on boards instead of feathers and on boxes, which was worse. We have had our clothes wet through without the privilege of drying them or changing them. We have had to sleep out of doors in very severe weather. Don't suppose for a moment that all will be peace and ease. These are days of tribulation, and we must endure our portion. And then he continued, If you will be faithful, you have nothing to fear from the journey. The Lord will take care of his saints. Be faithful, and you will have nothing to fear from the journey. I testify to you today that this is true. Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the covenant you have made, and you will sing praises. All is well. I'm not being simplistic when I say that our faith can carry us when we're weary, wounded, worn by the buffetings of the world, and wanting to go home. Faith can bring the journey of a lifetime. Look at Peter, who stepped off the boat to join Jesus. Peter stepped off, stepped off because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He understood that with him all things are possible. Are. I know this, and I promise you that such a testimony will come to you in your life as you exercise faith at the most trying of times. The Lord loves you. Every one of you is numbered and known and loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. With such assurance, Indeed, can't we all sing, all is well? There are indeed reasons for our trials. Lorenzo Snow, fifth president of the church, said, You and I cannot be made perfect except through suffering. Jesus could not. In his prayer and agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, he foreshadowed the purifying process necessary to secure the glory of a celestial kingdom. That concept of Gethsemane speaks to my heart. We all face those monumental periods in our lives when we turn to the Lord and pour out our souls, for the pain is too great to stand alone. Know that this, too, is part of the process of perfection. Let me share with you a poem that makes this point so well. All those who journey soon or late must pass within the garden's gate, must kneel alone in darkness there and battle with some fierce despair. 
God pity those who cannot say, Not mine, but thine, who only pray, Let this cup pass, and cannot see the purpose of Gethsemane. This life is a spiritual journey. There are lessons to be learned. Virginia said, Never take no shortcuts, and she was wise. Shortcuts only deflect us from the narrow trail. Travel light. Be kind to everyone. Hear with your heart when someone needs you. Hold your head high amid troubles and find comfort in the cry. All is well. Time is short, my brothers and sisters, so hurry along as fast as you can. We can do this, for we are some of the Lord's most faithful saints, and He is with us. He hears our prayers. He knows our needs. We have nothing to fear from the journey. We are on a well-marked path that leads home, all the way home, to our Father in Heaven. Of this I testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to the Overcoming Adversity podcast presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts of recent speeches, classic speeches, and BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage by study and by faith. Come follow me, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information. You can also find all BYU Speeches podcasts at your preferred podcast provider.